Well, folks, it's official. We've been canceled. We uh, logged into Instagram, and uh, well, <laughs> you wouldn't believe some of the messages we got from some pretty significant folks. Uh, we won't name names here because, um, well, we're not trying to we're not trying to dox these um, these fine people, but uh, but they pointed out to us that we've um, we've not been. Uh, well, we've we've not been politically correct. We've not been sufficiently politically incorrect. We've mm. not been. Um, I don't know what the phrases are for for where I'm trying to go next. Um, uh, we've 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 not been bodies in spaces. We've not been um, understanding the assignment. We've not mm-hmm. been. Um, basically, they figured out we were two middle class white guys, and no one wants to listen to us anymore. And you know what? Yeah. They're right. They should never have wanted to listen to us, and we're really just realizing they actually finally listened to the podcast. So, if you're still with us, uh, please keep in mind, we don't believe what we say, nor do we care. We're just trying to distract ourselves from the fact that most of what we say is motivated by the microplastics in our brains. Mm. Mm-hmm. And we are, at this point, mostly synthetic creatures. We are, in fact, you might call us avatars of the algorithm. And I'll be honest, it feels good. And that might be the most, uh, that might be the most jacked up thing I've ever said. But I'll tell you what, it feels pretty good. So anyways, now that we're canceled, we can go really off the rails. And uh, yeah, you're about to hear an hour of me really just uh, giving in to practicing my Christopher Walken impression. So, um, <laughs> oh, yes, uh, good luck yes. and good night, sweet prince. Good night, Vietnam. The <laughs> Good night, Vietnam. Yeah, it's actually a, a, a part of the movie that wasn't addressed. We're actually the, the PM programming. Mm-hmm. And Robin Williams is the yeah. AM programming, which Good I think evening, is a real great Vietnam. way. <laughs> Good evening, yeah. Yep. It's a beautiful night here in Hanoi. The fires of the napalm burning on the horizon are really <laughs> casting a beautiful glow on the undersides of these clouds, and it makes me really want to listen horny. to some smooth jazz. Well, obviously, I'm always horny, so uh, yeah. I'm just going to turn on some smooth jazz, and I'm going to go in the bathroom and just sort of viciously abuse my mosquito-bitten cock. <laughs> mm, that's the name of the game. Dude, yeah. Yeah, I, man. Uh, oof. Yep. Problem is that, like, I didn't even want to go full in because I don't want to make, like, I don't want to completely make fun of the language of cancel culture because it's, I don't know. I just, I, ah. You're afraid that's gonna, that's gonna just, like, you know, some cosmic karma is gonna come around and get us canceled, like, legitimately? I mean, because that'd be very funny. I, but it would be for something that like is. It would be like our stance on like uh, I don't know, like uh, Israel or something that's mm-hmm. like kind of off the radar. You know, people are like who gets upset about that? You know, uh huh. Who gets upset about so, our attitude about Israel? Yeah, yeah. No, no. Just who gets upset about like atti- attitudes about Israel in general? Like something, something like a that. A lot that's of pretty people, off dude. the radar. Mm, I don't know about that. Wait a second. Hold on. Uh, wh- oh, what? God damn it. What? <laughs> you got me again. You've been bamboozled. I've been horn swaggled. You've been. Yeah. I think, you know, yeah. I. So I. Cram which is where you get all of your orifices filled with 
koozies. Mm, that sounds kind of nice. Not very, it is, yeah. If you can't it's, get I a mean, koozie, get a koozie in you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, mm. that's the real final judgment that yeah. we all get. Well, I was kind of thinking about it because, like, so for folks following for folks following the uh, the um, sagas of our personal lives via the program, I I made the pretty healthy <laughs> choice probably of going through and unfollowing a bunch of people on both my own personal Instagram account and then the um, Instagram account of the uh, podcast that shall remain unnamed. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> go to patreon.com slash corktaint and sign up. Um, yep. Uh, but that has only like made it more apparent to me how much um, a that particular group of people that I decided to go uh, unfollow were the most active people I knew on Instagram, mm. um, and then also has uh, sort of like you know winnowed things out just enough where I spend more time seeing posts from the Economist, and um, <laughs> if if like. I don't know what it is. Like, it's not like the late they live glasses kind of thing, but it might mm-hmm. be uh, it might be akin to that. But just the idea that American propaganda isn't just so much more like profoundly effective than the propaganda of basically any other culture any time on Earth is um, mm-hmm. just stupid. I mean, good God! Like, <laughs> it's, it's like I I can't tell you how like how hard how hard your brain just the blood just starts pumping through those vessels oh yeah in your yeah, brain yeah, yeah. And just looking at yeah. something and you're like wait a second hold on i mm-hmm. what <laughs> hold up wait a minute hold my horses please you thought i was finished yeah was you like know? i was i had to confirm this for someone the other night because i was like i i you know uh, found out like I found out about this a long time ago, and it's just like a fun. Yeah. It's a fun little conversation piece. If you're ever if you're ever sitting there being like, well, this mm-hmm. this hasn't gone off the rails enough yet, and these people have already heard mm-hmm. the the stories from my personal life during 2021. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. what what other material have I got? And you just always I always like going back. Uh, there are a few good ones here, but I like going back to. Did you know the guy who invented the MRI uh, is a creationist, like a, a new Earth creationist? No, that's sick. Dude believes the earth is about 6,000 years old and that Damn. the Bible is literal truth. Um, that's so funny, imagining him just going through college being like, <laughs> yeah, right, to like yeah. everything, and then, yeah. and then just inventing the MRI machine mm-hmm. and being like, that, that's it, that's what they get. Yeah, I'm, if, if, this did, if all that stuff I learned was true, then this probably would work, but like, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, the 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 bonus, the stinger on that is like the person I yeah. told it to was like, "What? No, really?" And then looked it up. I looked it up on Wikipedia to confirm it, and then they started reading their Wikipedia, and they're like, mm-hmm. "Oh!" And they also like this guy also went to Juilliard for eight years to study uh, classical violin, and uh, <laughs> I think he speaks multiple languages, and you know, <laughs> just a super smart guy. And then you know, you just hit the that, and you're like, "What am I supposed to do with?" with this and it's like the ben carson thing you know like oh, one yeah. of the most oh so good yeah like a neurosurgeon incredible not just at the top of his game but like cutting edge you know like like did things people didn't think were possible mm-hmm. and then runs for president doesn't win gets offered the uh the secretary of housing and urban development and replies i don't know that i'm qualified for that it's like motherfucker you just ran for president like shouldn't shouldn't yeah. 
That shit was so funny. Yeah, and it, but it just you know it just the, these are case examples of a thing that I I I'm sure I have in some way and I just haven't like become aware enough yet about it or or maybe I haven't settled into the right pattern of it. But just the uh, just the attitude like I don't maybe it's not an attitude for for folks like this, but just looking at individuals that you're like wow they are talented in some ways that I cannot fathom and stupid in other ways that I cannot fathom and it's just. I just wish I had more capacity to, like, turn the switch off in my brain and be like, yeah, I don't give a fuck about that. Like, I, <laughs> nah, I don't, I'm not. Nah. <laughs> I, my understanding of this shit's good enough. Fuck it. <laughs> it was like... Yeah, man. You know, the attitude, just be like, yeah, no, God created the world in seven days, 6,000 years ago, and that's uh, that's about what we got. So, a bunch of other stuff, that's, that's all fake news. That's just... That's just horseshit. I'm gonna go back to inventing the MRI and saving a bunch of people's <laughs> lives. It's like, man. No, that shit's fucking good, dude. Because, like, let's face it, that guy probably saved more people than I ever will with whatever I do in my life. But I'm still gonna call him a fucking moron. Yeah. No, that's that's make myself feel I mean, better. Don't don't sell yourself short. You know, you're uh, you're young, you're young, you know, whippersnapper of a man, and you got mm-hmm. many years ahead of you. Yeah. To 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 I don't know. Invent a disease and then also invent the cure for it. So you give everybody Ooh. some sort of you know some create some sort of like pandemic, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. then but you also have the little little antidote in a vial in your little vest pocket that mm-hmm. you walk around and you just take out and give people like a wink and you you have a little shake from side to side, a little jiggle, and then you wink mm-hmm. and then you put it back in your pocket and just go. <laughs> To yourself, maybe you have like a like a like a gold tooth that'll like sparkle while you while you like wink and like chuckle. You I know? think you're describing the plot of a Bond movie, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but no, I'm talking a cool guy. Like when I went to that like oh right right. Did I tell you when I went to that like chili festival mm-hmm. with my friend in in college and like there was all those. I may have told this on the on the podcast before, but like did, did I tell you what this? Have you heard this? I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, okay, cool. So but I yeah, also we went like to a chili go... festival in college. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sick. And so we're walking around, and all of them are like fucking. You know, uh, it, they're all the most like insane names. You know, like fucking castrate your dad and fuck your mother. Hot sauce. You know, like it's just like the most like brutal spice. And then there's other one. And then there's yeah. a whole branch that's like Tabasco just military really had, ones. They do wild out on some of that some of that branding yeah no but it was all like uh it was all like you know like small like mm. producers of hot sauces uh, yeah no i was just it, yeah. just imagining tabasco having oh, like a one? line of stuff called oh like, yeah you know um hog tie your wife and beat you with a with a sock full of batteries yeah. until the lights shut out type of thing like mm-hmm. that's like one of their flavors dominatrix dominatrix pepper sauce yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. that's it but yeah. anyway, so there was there was there was one that was like fucking you know, like Black Hawk Down hot sauce or like just right. some shit like that you know, and then there was um, and then so I went with my Jesus friend and Christ. I and we're we're both just like like enable each other so we're like yeah. all right let's go like both to just like buy like peppers you can't like find in stores but also just like you know like at that point you it was like whatever twenty fucking. 13 or something and then oh, you wait, you're talking like, about like a, a, a festival based around like chili peppers 
Yeah, yeah, and like hot sauces that would be made around there. So like you, oh, you couldn't cool. buy like Scotch bonnets or like Thai yeah. chilies or, or something like in a store. No, and yeah. So, but so and you would go. I was to talking and you could go, just buy about going to like a chili like chili cookoff fest. Like everyone made chilies. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Chili. no, that's so fun. That's way funnier, honestly. No, but this one there was just like booths and stuff, and you could like taste like the hot sauces on like toothpicks or whatever or like spoons. But there's this one that was like you know the super shit like you know we won't acknowledge our PTSD. Instead, we'll mm-hmm. just buy trucks, you know, like booth, Satan's you know? anus hot sauce. Sa- yeah. 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 Um, so, um, so Trophing my friend, Osama bin we're, Laden, we're the there. hot sauce. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Saddam Hussein's and, beard, hot sauce. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so my friend Probably. was jokingly like, Oh, what's like the hottest one you got. And then this guy who like, wasn't like, you know when you have like like a like a tent mm-hmm. for something, and there's like the back flap sometimes that they got going on back there. Uh, there's like a like a back flap that I didn't realize, and this guy somehow, you know, like he uh, almost like he appears through it, you know, wearing a leather vest, and he just kind of like pushes his way past <laughs> the people a little bit, and it's kind of like, and he just like opens up, literally wearing a leather vest, opens it up, pulls out a little vial, and says, "I got this." Oh, and we God. were like, "What?" And he's like, "What is that?" And he's like, "Oh, it's um." <laughs> It's it's pure. What is the the thing? Apollo I can't think peppers? No, 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 no. Like cap. Uh, Carolina Reapers. Ca- no, no, no. Capsicum or whatever. Capsaicin. Oh, it's the yeah. capsaicin. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was like he's like it's just it's just extract of that. And I was like, why do you have that? <laughs> like, what the fuck is the matter with you? Or well, you're just you're just waiting for someone to ask that question so yeah, you can pull this file out. That presumably behind that yeah. flap. <laughs> Just with his ear pressed to it, or like yeah, he's got like a baby monitor like... on the table. Yes, yeah. just... <laughs> <laughs> I was imagining him with one of those old-fashioned like hearing aids that are like horns. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he just has it pressed to the to the mm-hmm. to the, the the flap. It's like peeking out. From but the, the flap. baby monitor is way funnier. <laughs> he just crouched down, like please, please, please. Somebody ask what the hottest one they got is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, no, that shit was funny. Anyway, that's so good. Um, Leather vest, dude. Is th- good. It was so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I told you um, about the oh, <laughs> I, no, you... I was gonna start talking about wine. But oh uh, no, did I tell you the story about the time <laughs> that like I I've tried this hot sauce now twice. I think it's called the Last Dab, and it's whatever the, they sell it. That oh YouTube yeah, channel yeah, for sells that, it. Um, hot, yeah, 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 yeah. Hot ones or whatever. Uh huh. And this buddy of mine ordered some. Um, and I tried it on a hot wing at, or a, on a chicken wing at the Super Bowl party back in, like, I think it was right at the beginning of 2021. We went over to a friend's place and we're watching it in their backyard. And I tried, like, you know, like a small amount of it on a chicken wing. It was like, oh, my God, this is miserable. And, like, was just in mm-hmm. hell for about 15 minutes. Because yep. they make it with, like, Apollo peppers, which are, like, the, the hottest, like, pepper that has been bred. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> but then we went, we did this, like weekend at a lake house like the same group of friends essentially and that guy brought Mm -hmm. that along with a couple other hot sauces and i just forgot that he like i think he'd mentioned it to us all that he'd brought that one by accident because he was going to bring another Mm -hmm. one and then just grabbed it i just totally forgot about that and i was you know kind of drunk in the middle of telling some story or saying something or just you know being being my usual obnoxious self and i just had a taco we were making tacos that night and i picked mm-hmm. this bottle of hot sauce up and just pour some on like you would pour like tapatio on a yeah taco. yeah yeah just 
and just yep. take a bite and everyone's like trying to tell me to like stop and like being like what boon no 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 and i just didn't pay any like i was in the middle of whatever i was saying and then took yeah, a big old yeah. bite and then just like <laughs> literally just stopped being able to talk swallowed stood up went over to the couch and just fell asleep like i just had to like <laughs> I just was knocked unconscious by this fucking hot oh, sauce. That's great, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh god, it was <laughs> that. That was just. Yeah. That's a whole separate fucking thing. But like, I I don't know, man. It's like I couldn't taste right for like a day or two after that. Yeah, it's like that. Like th- that whole market is just to like I'm gonna make some shit so hot that fucking like it's gonna just be a challenge like that's all that shit is you know anybody who like is like no actually you get great flavor out of the out of these it's like okay sure you can get good flavor out of those peppers right Mm -hmm. but you have to like just use the peel and you use like a square millimeter of it because anything else is like you know like impossible unless you're gonna like do a bunch of other like more complex like cooking shit to get the flavors Mm -hmm. out of whatever but also like there are just other peppers that are that are milder that you can get the same flavors out of like it's the culinary equivalent of like people breeding weed to have like 30 percent natural (laughs) thc content yeah yeah and then like making whatever the fucking like oil like the you like whatever dabs are i don't really know what they Mm -hmm. are but like (laughs) just people like smoking like 70 to 80 percent thc oil Mm -hmm. yeah it's like at that point, I can't imagine that the purpose of that is to do anything but see if it's possible to get so high that you <laughs> never sober up. Like, you, yeah. you stop yeah. registering as positive on drug tests, but you never have to smoke weed again because you're just always high. <laughs> right. Which you open like, to flip some switch somewhere deep inside your brain. I mean, that's one of the reasons I worry about acid, man. Like, the, yeah. I, you know... Have I leaned into that one on the podcast yet? How acid I don't is think like so. ultimately a CIA like like the the CIA's involvement with acid is just too deep. Yeah, to, I say we like, leave that one for for a Patreon episode because that's oof. a whole episode in and of itself. It's a good one, buddy. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna come in. So, folks, go ahead and sign up Patreon.com/slash Corktaint and uh, get that little get that little guy in there. If you, if you, you know want to hear, if you want to hear. Uh, a, a shitty uh, synopsis of the book Chaos by Tom <laughs> O'Brien. I believe that's his name. Um, O'Neill? Tom O'Neill? I think it might be Tom O'Neill. Um, but like, listen, I'll give you a little teaser. All right, you want you want a little you want a little a little snippet, a yeah, little let's hear sweet. It. Yeah. Let's hear it. Um, Charles Manson. Hot guy. Yeah. Uh, that guy. Uh, probably. Probably. Um more of a Lee Harvey Oswald type than he's often portrayed as. Hmm. Yeah. He's like a, like a, like Lee Harvey Oswald, like you got the, you got the military track um, yep. for, to get a Lee Harvey Oswald sort of guy. But Charles, then the, the jail version of that is Charlie Manson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 MK Which, uh, actually stands for for mega cool. Mega like cool. cool. Yeah, mega cool. Mega 14. cool. Yeah, mega, mega cool. M- MK ultra. MK mega ultra. cool ultra. It's like wow, that's the coolest sounding thing ever. Yeah, that's the problem like with MK if, Ultra. Is it, it yeah. sounds cool. It's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. You had me at MK, yeah. but you're telling me this shit's ultra. Ultra. Hell yeah. Like whoa. Yeah, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of uh, um, uh, hippie shit. Speaking of uh, things that you. No, I, I can't think of anything. I got a bunch of Portuguese wine and <laughs> they're reds. And yeah. I don't like any of them. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so wait, wait, I, wait, I got this. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, maybe I don't. Uh, speaking of things it, buddy. that yep. have been historically okay. Uh, okay. characterized mm-hmm. in a particular way, yeah. and it turns out um, the actual story is probably much more complicated, far-reaching, and horrifying. Okay. Charlie Manson, a bit like Portugal. Okay, okay. Because okay. you, yeah. know you know what everyone loves to forget? What's that? It was only like, I think, 10%, maybe 15% of... Uh, um, it might even have been less than that. Uh, enslaved peoples actually were like sold in the U.S. Um, mm. Most people exported from Africa, which is a horrifying word. It's stolen, um, mm-hmm. uh, kidnapped. Uh, most enslaved peoples transported from Africa to the Americas uh, uh, went to Brazil or the Caribbean because, uh, and they went to Brazil because uh, Portugal <laughs> big into the slave trade. Big into it. If you want more, uh, purchase and read Open Veins of Latin America. This Yeehaw. is the Open Veins of Latin America podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's we sh- also we a podcast. We should do the Open Vo- Veins of Latin America podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that'd be good. Yeah. Um, the Eduardo Galeano hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Portugal. I, get, um, I looked at... Yep. Portugal. Oh, yeah. So I was going to talk oh. about... I was going to talk about mirrors, but I'm not going to... Oh, good. yeah. I, wait. Yeah, you, you started looking at that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What'd you think, but, my guy? Um, we will talk about it after. Ah, bang. Yes. I am such bad um, influence. Yeah, Portugal. <laughs> People overlook them all the time <laughs> for their impact on world trade and the fact that they were uh, a pretty dominant uh, seafaring power there for a while. I might be wrong about yeah, this, but I'm, yeah. I feel like that's, you know, legit. Um, yeah. Yeah, Portugal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they look like just sort of the face of the guy's head that is the uh, Iberian Peninsula. Mm-hmm. But they're a lot more than that. Yeah. Yep. They're not just a pretty face, folks. Yep. They're also... So I moved to a place that has a... You um, moved to Portugal. Pretty, yeah. I essentially moved to Portugal. Um, and I have the opportunity to have a lot of Portuguese wines now that I never had access to. So I'm like, cool. And it's interesting because going into this shop that's like 100% Portuguese wines, it feels like when, like before I got into wine before I knew anything about wine because um I recognize like a couple I mean like the, you know this is the port like the the port section aside like I'm talking about all dry wines um I don't speak the language I don't know anything about the Portuguese language um aside from that it's like we're somewhat moderately similar to a, like a other languages that I'm familiar with but you know again doesn't doesn't really apply um and I recognize a couple, like, producers of dry wines that, you know, I've had before and, like, generally know of and have liked. Um, but, yeah, I don't know any of the grape varieties. I don't really, I know, like, a couple of the regions, but I don't know a ton. And so it's like I'm going to this wine shop and it's like I'd, I'm a total beginner. I'm like, I don't fucking know anything. So I'm just going to either have to, like, try everything in the fucking store or just, like, ask the people who run the shop and be like, hey, can you help me out with this? Um, and, uh... I got a couple of good suggestions. Oh yeah, also I um made that like post to the um to the story to the um the Instagram 
And a lot of people responded and gave a lot of good feedback, which was awesome. So I tried a couple of those wines, and I tried a couple of wines that I found on, uh, like, I looked on, like, some, some message reports, like wine, wine, wine berserkers and stuff, uh, to see, like, oh, yeah, Portuguese producers. And so I've tried a bunch so far, and the general consensus, as far as I'm concerned, I'd say almost every white that I've had, I've been like, damn, this is fucking great. And almost every red I've had, I've been like, damn, this is fucking not great. Um, I would say the worst white, quote unquote, worst white that I've had, most disappointing white that I've had is better than the best red that I've had. Um, so I bought three reds and a couple whites. And, uh, last night I opened one of them up and tried it and was like, nah, mm, supposed to be from a great producer. And I was like, nah, opened the second one. And I was like, absolutely not. And I was like, I might as well just open all fucking three. And none of them stellar tonight with that cute little, uh, salt cod dish I made, you know? Uh, open the white, let me tell you. Fantastic. Nice. It's pretty good. It's interesting. So I will tell you about this producer. Um, so the name of the wine... Uh, so the region is Alentejo. Uh, the... Oh my god. Produced and bottled by... See, I don't even know how to pronounce any of these fucking words because I don't know Portuguese. Um, so, the, so the name of the wine is Cartucha. C-A-R-T-U-X-A. That's the uh, name and of the Cartouche, I think it's the name of the, like, the specific, like, wine. The so grape. it's like, no, 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 the, like, it might, there might be, like, a bottling. Oh. So they have, like, the Cartouche red and the Cartouche white, and that's, like, two separate wines that they make, and there's, they make a couple other wines as well. What's the producer? Um, per, the producer's name is, uh, uh, Eugenio, E-U-G-E-N-I-O, and then Day, D-E, and then Almeida, A-L-M. E-I-D-A. Nice. Um, and then, yeah, Cartucha, C-A-R-T-U-X-A, and it's the white, the Bronco. And it is 70% on Tauvaz. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. 70%. And then 30% is is uh, Arinto, uh, which is a grape that I've had in a different wine. And it's very good. It's like super high acid and mineral, but also kind of floral and expressive. Um and the other grape, the one that's that's dominant in this, the Antau Vaz, is uh, much more like the, it's like a fuller bodied, lower acid, kind of more floral and, and expressive. And so like this, this wine, this blend remind, it kind of reminds me of like a Viognier, like Marsan blend, but like very good. It's like, it's like a Viognier had more acid and did more of what you like wished it would slash could do. Mm. Um... And also had a bunch of like salinity and uh, like lift to it and just like vibrancy. And um, it's fucking delicious. This one's great. I love it. It makes me very happy. And um, it really, to me, does a lot of stuff that I wish like Viognier like, could, couldn't want to do, you know? I don't know what you're talking about there, my guy. And then uh, these other reds, which I may or may not talk about, I might retry them. But, um, they're they're a little disappointing, and one of the main points I wanted to discuss today is that trying new stuff not always fun, you know. Oof, that's true. It's but you can't you can't have the knowledge unless you fucking do it. So it's like yeah, sure, I could have pooled all the money that I bought for these three red wines, which the good thing about Portuguese wines is that they're inexpensive, so they only cost me like twenty each. But instead, I could have just bought like a sixty dollar bottle of something like that I know that I fuck like I could have gotten like a great Chateauneuf de Pop, like a really good one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She would have been great. Or like a really nice bottle of Chablis or something. Yeah. But instead, I'm like, no, I want to learn. And instead, I just, just got my penis chomped by one of those alligators in Donkey Kong. 
while I'm trying to trying to swing over the over the over the treacherous river. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I uh, know exactly what you're uh, <laughs> talking about there. Not from playing Mario because I didn't really have a gaming console growing up, but uh, mm. but you know just from walking across uh, rivers and stuff and getting my yeah, penis yeah, yeah. chomped by crocodiles. Sorry, I, yeah. I just found. out. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say if you if you don't know what the the, the specific crocodiles look like in uh, Donkey Kong, any of the Donkey Kong games, I'd suggest you look them up because they're pretty good. Pretty good. They're pretty good. Uh, I was just gonna. I I've just found a sentence on. Uh, I was looking up. Besides looking up the grapes you were talking about, I was also looking up some stuff about the. There is in fact a, just a an um, Wikipedia article called the Economic History of Portugal, and uh, if oh, you nice. scroll down to. Uh, um, the uh, expansion in sub-Saharan Africa section. The first two sentences oh. are pretty good. With uh, after yep. initiating the European slave trade in sub-Saharan Africa through its involvement <laughs> in the African slave trade, Portugal played a decreasing oh role in it over the next few centuries. Although they were the first Europeans to establish trading settlements in sub-Saharan Africa, they failed to press home their advantage. <laughs> it's just like, damn, that is such a Man, heartless that is way a... to talk about that. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, yep. So anyways, I was yeah. feeling bad in case I was misrepresenting the um, nature of Portuguese uh, involvement in one of the great atrocities of mankind, but um, that guilt assuaged <laughs> personal guilt about maybe offending, you know, Portuguese people. Yeah, I mean, I think they're uh, hopefully aware, you know. Of uh, of of the the past history of their nation, and they're probably like, you know what? That's fair. <laughs> not great. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. Yep. Yeah, I'm not trying to say that. Uh, but you know, it's interesting because then you go back to like, look, folks, we're talking about wine, so you want to look up the history of Portuguese wine. You're gonna have to talk about the history of uh, some pretty gnarly other stuff. Yeah, it goes back a long way. Yep. But, um, yeah, I'm just trying one of the other reds. Left it out, open overnight. Not open overnight, but put the cork back in. Usually I stick it in the fridge um, overnight, but I didn't have a ton of space in the fridge, and I wanted these to, like, evolve a little more quickly, you know? Because I was like, all right, I don't want to just fucking hold on to these, like, three, like, nearly full bottles of wine, just hoping over the next few days that they're going to get better gradually. It's like, let's just speed up the process, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, First one, it's a little better. But it's like not really something. So this is the I'll just say it's the uh, Nieport um, N I E P O O R T, who is a uh, really famous producer um, in Portugal. They make um, some really great uh, wines and fortified wines port also. Um, and uh, this is the the Tinto, the red from 2016. Um, it's it's like oh yeah. Another cool thing is that at that wine shop they have a bunch of stuff that's like. 2014, 2015, 2016, that I'm pretty sure is not, like, current release. They just happen to have had the stuff, and it's old. I don't know if it's been sitting there or, or, or what. They just happen to get old stuff, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's nothing especially, like, moving. Um, do you have do you have experiences with, like, you know, going out of your, your comfort zone and then just kind of getting, like, dunked on? With wine? With wine, yeah. Uh, I was going to say uh, with, with other <laughs> stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah talked about accidentally doing well we don't need to get into that um (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
Yeah, if we can keep it wine related, you for should at have least seen like that one coming. Fifteen minutes yeah, straight. No, for I, the show, I, I, of that's course, probably yeah, good. Of no, um, <laughs> no, the real the the way that that always happens. It's not like going out of my comfort zone, but whenever I like try to, ooh, there was a. I think it was like a. Um, oh, what is it? Uh, m- 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 what de What is the red wine out of? Uh, Montepulciano. Yeah, Montepulciano. I, I like Montepulciano, but I, I got one once. It was like, it was just a bad bottle of wine, I guess. But um, it was like heinously bad. Um, <laughs> oh, man, that's brutal. Yeah. Uh, I So I guess one of the ones that, you know, is a perennial thing for me is like being like, oh, yeah, I gotta try other people's Pinot Gris. Because like, I like Pinot Gris. There are oh, yeah, Pinot yeah. Gris that I know are fantastic. And then I'll just like go try other ones or even try like Italian Pinot Gris and just be like, ah, I get why people hate this varietal shit. Yeah. Um, but then uh, getting really dunked on going out of my comfort zone with wines. Hmm. 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 Well, you think about that, I can mention uh, the next wine. Yeah. Is, um, yeah, dude, this one is brutal. Um, and I think it's, it, <laughs> nice. so, um, it's, uh, Casa de Saima, 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 I don't know. So it's Casa, C-A-S-A, and then D-E, and then S-A-I-M-A. Uh, and it's their Reserva, and it's made out of, from 2015, and it's made out of Baga, B-A-G-A, is the grape. Um... And I think I've had a different wine made out of Baga before, and um, it wasn't it wasn't cra- it, like I wasn't crazy about it. But I think it was a blend with like nine other grapes, which, which that was probably one of the better ones that I had when it was the blend. But this one is like it has like how do I put a it has this very distinct um, aroma of like um, it's not like a mint. It's almost like a like a like a super medicinal like like it would be like a type of like a, like a root or a bark or something mm-hmm. uh that's extremely pungent and you know like you ever have uh like like birch beer oh uh, yeah uh like if if you are used to having root beer right your whole life and then someone gives you birch beer and you're like what the fuck is this it's like and a, like it's essentially yeah it's like essentially the same thing is it like sassafras just birch and you're like mm, this, but this is bad you know, like, like, <laughs> this sucks ass. Like, you know, you're used to chocolate <laughs> chips and then, you know, somebody's eating carob chips. And you're like, can I yeah. have one of those? And then you take a bite. And you're like, that's not chocolate. And they're like, no, I told you yeah, it's yeah. chocolate. It's carob. Yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah but why like, I'd rather have cancer. Like, why did they make it look like chocolate? Yeah. It tastes like ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, man. Um, no, this wine is like, it's, br- oh. And so I think that's yeah. probably like a characteristic of the grape mm. that I just don't do not like. Yeah. Uh, so it's like I don't think it's a bad wine because I don't know the grape well enough. So and it's one of these yeah. things where like I'm forcing myself to drink this thing mm-hmm. because it's like I wanna maybe not like it, but I wanna understand it. You know. Well, that's I. That's what I. Th- feels funny about the question of like comfort zone like my comfort zone with wine is like my comfort zone with some other things where it's like i'll try anything twice you know it's like yes uh i give it a shot and then it's like well if it disappoints me like i'm not too bummed about it um yeah which you know maybe that's its own like weird defensive like thought props Mm -hmm. you know self-defense mechanism i but like yeah like i guess when it comes to like buying bottles of wine it is so um 
Yeah, like I guess when it comes to buying wine, my comfort zone is very much like dry Rieslings and yeah, um, and Cote de Rhone and yeah, f- f- fucking uh, Etna Rosso. Like <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, because those are like the most like like bullshit proof wines. The, yeah, like even even if they're like not good, like quote unquote not good by their standards, they're gonna still be like pretty good wine. Like, totally drinkable, like, yeah, yeah, not disagreeable wine. So if you strike out, quote-unquote, you're not even really striking out. You're just like, yeah. oh, okay. So, and maybe that this makes isn't as good as I wanted it to be. I guess when it comes to actually, like, buying wine, my comfort zone is real small because I, like, gravitate towards stuff that I was like, well, if I'm going to go bother to spend money on wine. Yeah. When is, I'm saying this from the perspective of someone who just, like, if I want to drink wine, I just have a bunch of wine (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 makes me sound like such an ass and that it it, but it's all wine that you know like my comfort zone is sort of defined externally because i just get given wine and then i'm like well my comfort zone is like pinot noir because that's like what i get given Uh i'm like like i I once bought a bottle of like 08 bordeaux from this wine shop that i you know or Uh i bought like a a non a non piedmont piedmonte uh uh Nebbiolo one time. Mm-hmm. They're both cut from the same shop, actually. And, it, you know, they're both just sort of reminders that my palate and that guy's don't necessarily line up all that well. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, those were both, like, you know, the 08 Bordeaux was just too young. And then the um, mm. the uh, Nebbiolo was just too too natty, uh, too natural. Mm. Um, mm. But, like, yeah, when it comes, like, in terms of comfort zone, I... Yeah, like I my I guess wine buying comfort zone is pretty specific, but I'm perfectly willing to like go out of it. But like anytime I do, I kind of assume it's a fifty fifty shot that I'll just be disappointed, and then I'm just like doing it to learn, which I'm always kind of like you know I always kind of factor into the cost of that. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, and because uh, and usually that'll be because I'm in a like a wine shop with some interesting thing that I'm like oh. I, this is mm-hmm. you know this is kind of out there um but i give it yeah. a shot uh but mm. you know like I, portuguese wine i guess is like a good example of like i've i've not had enough portuguese red wines that i i don't know that i've had any portuguese whites so i'd be pretty interested in that dude they're so good oh like the Ugh. inverse thing right it's like um yeah marson russon blends <clears throat> like uh white <laughs> yeah white yeah, yeah. Rhone or white and then white bordeaux like those wines like i don't bother going and buying um, oh white bordeaux you don't buy not really but like when i do oh, i'm like man. oh it's good this is really good like i should buy more yeah wines. yeah and like um same with like uh well then like italian white wines just in general like the going mm-hmm. back to the pinot gris thing it's like yeah it's not like my my comfort zone with italian wines is like barbera and then uh barbaresco and nebbiolo like stuff like that's what i like to yeah spend my money on for italian wines but like and then whenever i do buy italian whites like there have been a couple exceptions to this but there's always this sort of like um phenolic quality to them that i'm like oh right Mm -hmm. that's why i don't really buy italian white wines not because they're bad at all but just because like that's not if i'm gonna go buy uh white wine from the like wine shops around here i know of a like I know that I'm always going to be really into, like, German Riesling that I might get, but mm-hmm. always be, like, yeah. like feel like I'm sitting you down. You need the like, Italian whites with food. Yeah, that's true. And I'm all, always, that's, like, you know. yeah. Italian whites are tricky because it's, like, I didn't mean to cut you off. Mm. Oh, it's all good. 
Okay, yeah. I feel like like Italian whites are kind of binary where it's either they're either kind of like, yeah, no, this is like it's fine. Or they're like, oh, fuck, this is, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, it's very one or the other. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that really makes it like something, you know, click is just like having it with the right food. So typically like whatever you look up, whatever, like where the, you know, what grows together goes together. The bullshit, you know. Yeah. Look up where this thing's from, and you're like, "Oh fuck! All right, let me try this with shellfish or something." And then you're like, "Oh my god, this is the fucking best combo I've ever had." Um, but all right, so this this wine, like, oh dude, it's so brutal. But here's what it reminds me of, right? If you're like, you know, out in the woods or whatever, and you like snap a like a like a a fresh twig off of a tree, mm-hmm. and you know, so it's still green inside, and you like get a real good smell of that, like basically stick it up your nose and smell it, you know. Mm-hmm. Preferably like maybe like cedar, mm. um, but like imagine like with the cedar tones of itself like dialed back a little bit, but that same like pungency and like woodiness of the aroma, right? Mm-hmm. And then combined with the combined with like that like birch beer like medicinal element of like whatever like candy or like soda that you're not like accustomed to, and mm-hmm. how any of that stuff immediately tastes like medicinal. Combined with you know when you like some of those um. Those like Isla's, Isla whiskeys that we had. Yeah. Um, there's like that tinge of like the 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 nature of the smoke that is like the the integration of the smoke and the iodine in those wines. Mm-hmm. That like that expression of iodine, like very strong. Yeah. <clears throat> and all those three together are are front and center in this wine. And let me tell you, not pleasant. Yeah. But. I'm drinking a glass of it because I, you know, I I would like to try another like varietal bottling of Baga mm-hmm. to make to to make sure that like that's what this is and this isn't just yeah. some weird like they didn't use some really weird type of like oak or some type of wood to age it in that gave it this weird flavor or something you know what I mean? Yeah, there is a bunch of ambient noise in my end of the recording because uh, the the kids just got home <laughs> oh, okay upstairs. no problem just, I'll, uh, uh, just to I'll, warn you i'll edit that out nah, yeah I don't know. um and then i'm um yeah i'll go on to the next one but i have a story about natural wine that i think is interesting unless uh if you don't have it unless you're gonna say something i don't want to cut you off oh no i was gonna but the one thing i was uh the other like out of my comfort zone thing that just occurred to me is uh pinot blanc like i don't love oh yeah pinot yeah blanc um but Every once in a while, just get presented with one that makes me go like, "Oh, I'm just a, I'm just a, I just haven't had, uh, like, I haven't, <laughs> I, you know, I need to take the time because it's not like Pinot Blanc's expensive, but it's like I need to take the time to like buy, yeah. you know, Pinot Blancs I haven't seen before or tried before from a couple different regions and you know get to know yeah. them better. Be like, yeah, oh, these are really good. Um, but you know, totally ah. Pinot Blancs another one of those where it's like when it's I'd say like seventy five percent of the time it's like. Anywhere from like, yeah, it's fine to like, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. And then the other 25% is like, ooh, this is pretty good to yeah. like, oh, fuck. Like, why don't I drink more wow. of this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's hard because it's not like a like a solid set rule. Like, it's not like, oh, every good Pinot Blanc comes from like Austria or something. Like, I think, is it Adeltheim? I think, yeah. is it their Pinot Blanc? 
Their Pinot, I think it's their Pinot Blanc that they make. Yeah, they make that's a Pinot like Blanc. That's like fucking was, great. We tried yeah, their I Pinot love Blanc that one. when we were out there. Yeah, um, I thought that was like honestly one of their best wines. Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> it was like basically the, fir- like the first wine that they poured to like rinse the dirt out of your, like the dust out of your glass, more yeah. or less, you know. And I'm like, yeah, no, give, me, give me more of that shit. No, there's another Oregon producer that I think my favorite wine that I've had of theirs is their Pinot Blanc. Um, uh, May Sarah, like... I've had a couple other pretty good wines from hmm. them, but like their Pinot Blanc. I, was I don't like, think I've ever had any other wines. Wow. Um, I was thinking about it because cool. the, the wine I'm drinking this evening is uh, half of it's from Mumtazi Vineyard, which is connected to Mesara. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. What are you drinking? Uh, uh, 2010 um, uh, wine from uh, a producer called Dominio 4. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah. 2010. Nice. What wine is it? It's cool. And what's the, what's the deal? What's it like? It's um, so it's a mix of uh, McMinnville and Dundee Hills AVAs, uh, which is why they call it the black and the red, because there's a lot of red fruit characteristics mm. from uh, Dundee Hills and a lot of black fruit characteristics from uh, McMinnville AVA. I'll tell you what, that's, uh, it's, it's aptly named. It's got like a lot of, yeah, blackberry, black cherry, um, a little bit of currant going on. It's very, it's very good. The, the nose on it's incredible. The the palate's pretty delicate um, with just like, it's like a nice clean sort of flavor profile. Kind of like, mm-hmm. um, it's like a nice clean profile of flavor right in the middle of your tongue and then just like tannin on the uh, exterior of all of that. It's hmm. pretty good. Very much nice, like, man. yeah, like 12 year old Oregon Pinot with, that must have had just like monstrous tannins when young. And I decanted oh, yeah, this yeah. and it's just like settling into a nice, um, Settling into a nice, like, expression of, like, very, you know, that very nice sort of, like, balanced um, secondary fruit kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. Not quite getting to tertiary, but then the, like, the tannins are all there to be like, nope, this wine, you know, you could have kept it for another 10 years and then it would, like, still be, then it, then it would be, like, more velvety and supple, but all, like, tertiary flavors, like, all just that, like, yeah fresh, low forest floor kind of mixed with saddle yeah, leather yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, very good. That sounds great. Yeah. Uh, oh, making a bunch of noise here. Um, nice. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, so I guess before I get on to the last wine, uh, yes, yeah, so I had a experience when I was out in California. Um, the uh, winery that I was working for at the time, Vineyard Winery, um, the winemaker, uh, super nice to me, you know, uh, he was like, hey, uh, you should come to, there's this wine bar nearby, uh, near, yeah, I mean, nearby to where I was living, not near the vineyard, I was commuting like an hour and 20 minutes one way, with no traffic there, um, he's like, hey, there's gonna, there's a, you know, wine bar near you that, um, is doing a tasting, uh, this weekend of these really cool wines that I had, um, these really great, uh, natural wines from this producer, and I just had them, uh, I was in France for like a work trip and they were great. And I was like, okay, sick, cool, I'll go. And so I went um, with, actually, I think my sister was, yeah, I think my sister was there. Yeah, she was out there for like a conference. Fuck, I forgot, that was crazy. Um, She was there um, and we tasted the wines and we got there before him. We tasted the wines and uh, the first one we got and I was like, oh, like, and I was like, okay, you see how this smells like nail polish remover? And she's like, oh my god yeah i'm like yeah that's that's ea and she's like oh oh god that's fucking gross and i was like that's correct it is gross and i tried the next one 
and it was even worse. And like all of the wines were like so like they were just fucked, you know. And then so and so he got there right, and he was tasting through the wines. I was talking to him, and he was like, and then so he's like talking to his sister. He's like, oh yeah, nice to meet you. And he's like, uh, he's like, yeah. So you smell like how they're they're sort of like that that like nail polish thing. And my sister was like, EA. He's like, oh yeah. What did he tell you? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh nice. But uh, and he was like, yeah. It's weird because I had these wines recently, like in paris or whatever and they're french uh wines and he's like and they were like sublime they were phenomenal they were beautiful and he's like i had the same vintage the same wines and these are terrible and i was like i don't know man maybe like natural wines just don't travel well maybe Mm. they're not as stable and not as resilient um because yeah and i'm like i believe him he had a great palate i'm sure he still has a great palate and he was super honest he had no reason to lie to me and I'm sure he had a great experience with them. Like he, he was like, like you gotta go try these wines. They're fucking great. So that may be a reason that like natural wines may get a bad rap. Maybe they just don't travel well. Maybe stored conditions, all that kind of shit. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Um, yeah. I mean, the first thing that occurred to me about that is like if they were traveling and at some point got warm for an extended period of time, um, mm-hmm. then like they could have like ea there could have been a microbial bloom in the wines that caused ea to like eat away at them um Mm -hmm. especially like yeah if everything got warm uh for a chunk of time or uh yeah because like i don't know like how warm would that need to be would it like not like hot no but like hot but just like above like like, a good cellar temp yeah because yeah fuck EA's so like you know, like, sitting on a wine shop shelf. Yeah, I mean that that per- makes it perfectly likely that it would do it. Um, if he'd had those wines in France and they're French wines, then it makes sense that those wines would be like, like if the producer was there, they probably brought the wines, and so the wines would have been in like whatever mm-hmm. storage conditions they'd been in just after getting bottled. So mm-hmm. you know it. Yeah, very much because especially with uh, natural wines where they're like not filtering them. Um, yeah. Like EA, if whatever, you know, whatever could kick off EA would not be interfered with. And like, mm-hmm. you know, any wine can, any wine's going to have stuff in it that could drive up EA, which is part of why you like top barrels. It's part of why you don't want barrels getting too warm after they've gone through malolactic fermentation. It's why you want, it's, it's like one of the things that staves off EA during, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of ferments will develop like some amount of EA before uh, before primary fermentation kicks off like the or early in primary fermentation until there's enough saccharomyces to like create a hostile environment for the microbes that drive ea so mm-hmm. um you know all of it's like all of those things i i should know more about all of this because it is a it's a pernicious <laughs> problem but like yeah yeah you know it it um especially with wines that aren't getting filtered and then just like like maybe if those wines were like just in bottle longer before he'd tried them in France, uh, they would have presented the same issue. But mm-hmm. it seems most likely to me that like slightly poor storage conditions would have been what allowed like whatever caused the EA in the bottles that you had was probably also in the bottles that he tried in France. And it's just a difference of like how long it had been and where the bottles were being kept. Right. Because, you know, like, <sighs> I don't know. That's, that 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 is significant uh, for for all wines at any at any given time, but like 
so much of what so much of what like I think of as standard non-natural winemaking is taking care of wines prior to them going into bottle to eliminate as many of the things that might happen to them in bottle as possible. So like mm-hmm. cold stabilization, heat stabilization, um, uh, all the racking that you do, and then cross flow filtration. Those are all like, and not everyone like cross flow filtration is like a. It's not a standard thing. Like it's a mm-hmm. you know, but it more and more it's becoming like a pretty standard thing for people who don't put you know unfine unfiltered on their label or call themselves a natural winemaker because mm-hmm. it's just such a useful way to be like all right the thing that i taste now i'm gonna put it in a bottle and it's gonna stay good like (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's just it just eliminates so many of those things um because like yeah even then you do all of those that's why people put things under screw cap and don't put them under natural corks as often anymore because like you're just trying to eliminate as many of those like wild card factors of which like Mm -hmm. the most kind of wily was always cork taint because it's like yep you did Mm -hmm. everything right you 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 checked every box for like every stability and like uh uh protection and you know longevity thing you could and (laughs) your wine still smells like a baby carrot (laughs) yeah it's like i don't know that's one of the things that bugs me about natural wine as a whole because i don't know natural wine i think it's a bad rap because we have like the bad rap i think natural wine deserves is we have so much (laughs) technology to yeah provide something that is more stable and yeah there was a tipping point with that technology where people like it's you know it's like people being like ah you shouldn't have social media and you should like go back to the land and like you don't need you know it's like they're it's all good it's all fine but I mean, it's like what we were talking about earlier in the day before we recorded. It, you know, you can try going into a grocery store and only buying things that aren't going to give you cancer, and you're still going to get cancer. <laughs> like it's not. You're still going to get cancer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like the world yeah. is out to get you, one way or the other. And the yeah. thing that's annoying about natural wine, to me, more than anything else, is that there is no clear like meaning to it. And yeah, the thing that really meat natural wines really have in common is they are weird and people right. yeah like i i think i'm very lucky in, well i'm very lucky in a lot of ways especially when it comes to wine also just in general <laughs> like yeah i am exactly the kind of person who should get canceled just for uh the fact that yeah, <laughs> everything's been easy for me come on but like yeah. um when you have access to a specific vineyard or specific terroir and you get to learn it very closely over a long stretch of time and honestly once you get to mm-hmm. like understanding terroir and having a good grasp of what it is um it's it's hard to be blinded on something and get it right you know every single time but like you mm-hmm. you're you get to the place where it's like you can have a wine two or three times and then you know from a vineyard and go like oh yeah this is like or from a specific like region and be like oh yeah i get mm-hmm. that this is that okay cool 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 and yeah there is just this like thing with natural wines where it's like okay i think i can see that this is that but i am having trouble telling past like the brett and the va and the ea and the right right right, right. and it's it's you know it's it's a frustrating sort of 
especially because natural wine like doesn't actually have anything to do necessarily, especially in the U.S. with farming practices. Like, there's no certification for that, or there's no like yeah, 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 in-depth meaning to it. It's just you know people saying like, well, I don't use SO2 and I don't um, filter my wines. It's like there's a there's a certain amount of it that's just like okay, so you don't like do you just like not know how to do those things like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or do you just not want to pay to do those things like you could you yeah. could and a yeah. lot of the best wines are made by people who are trying to like make their wine as close to being what natural winemakers want to sell their wine as being as possible because it's like yeah better yeah, yeah. You, you want there to be as little intervention as possible and you don't want to mess with the wine because that that gets in the way of it being what you want it to be which is as expressive and as meaningful as possible but Mm-hmm. yeah i don't know like that's that's a that's a i don't know i kind of love that story about like natural wine because it's it's such a good like the the degree to which every wine has bottle variation that just like you just dial that up by orders of magnitude <laughs> yeah. natural wines like you're yeah, doing yeah. every everything that you do with other wines to like like rolling tanks before they go in the bottling line so that they're homogenized like um you know uh dosing stuff with sulfur so that right before you bottling so that you have a free so2 number when you know when it's first in bottle that's around the ballpark of like 30 parts per million like stuff that you do mm-hmm. so that it will a year down the road be as close to what it was at like its peak um mm-hmm. as possible and like if you put wine through filtration, if you dose it with SO2, you are going to knock it back. And those things aren't going to be as good as they were when you, like, f- finished fermenting it and racked it off its grossleys. Then, like, you know. But, like, I think, you know, then a wine tastes better when you've uh, heat stabilized it and cold stabilized it and bound up a bunch more tartrates with cream of tartar and bentonite. And those things have settled out. So, like. But and some natural winemakers, like I don't know how natural winemakers feel about those steps, but mm-hmm. I think that the like moment that a wine is like most expressive is once those things have been like uh, precipitated out of it, and then mm-hmm. and that's not even getting into like copper and how like there can be reduction in wines that you don't even right. realize is there until you like do a trial with copper and go like oh this wine's way better now <laughs> with one yeah like <laughs> you know uh, it's like point one part per million or something it's like a tiny dose maybe it's one part per million. I, I can't remember the you know I should also I got a lot I got a lot of like learning to do because like, yeah you got it written down but yeah, yeah I think it's point one part um uh or like a one percent solution or something like that. I don't you know I don't yeah it's written down somewhere um that you know but like and and I also like don't keep that in the front of my head because it's like yeah I don't want to think about like adding copper to wines like as a uh as a standard thing like you don't want to be dosing all your wines with copper. But if you don't do that trial, then you'll never know that, oh, yeah, this wine had, like, a type of reduction that needed to, like, be, you know, needed to be essentially, like, have something bind it up for me to even notice that that was what it was there. I just thought this wine, like, had, like, a sort of muddy place in the, like, aftertaste or, like, a weird spot in the mid-palate that, like, just wasn't as clarified as, like, it maybe could have been. And then you discover it could have been better and, you, you know. You do a little copper ad, and it's like, oh, it's lovely. But, like, people don't want to think about copper getting out of their wine. They don't want to think about copper being sprayed in the vineyard. They don't want to think about, like, a whole bunch of, like, much, much more uh, insane things that get added to, like, big-scale wines all the time. Like, oh, yeah, people yeah, yeah. talk about, like, 
um, you know, you talk about uh, reverse osmosis on on big lot stuff that you know, like people are doing that by you know by default, or you know, just adjusting down the fucking alcohol content of a wine with reverse osmosis so that it like hits a sweet spot where it, you know tastes better. Like, right, that's right. A, that's a practice that totally exists, and you know, there are wines that. Like the natural wine movement stands kind of in opposition to, um, uh, um, you know, things like Barefoot or Franzia or Yellowtail. Like those are the things that they're really in opposition to. But then it's, you know, the same argument as like somebody being like, oh, I don't like pop music. I like, you know, I like grunge or punk. And it's like, yeah, I mean... (laughs) those things are all being recorded in the same studios now, man. Like I just like, yeah, you're just, you're, you're just picking an aesthetic for a thing that like, even there, you know, there are natural wine producers who like the reason that some companies that do things like, um, cross flow filtration have like non-disclosure things written into like their (laughs) like receipt that they give you is because Uh they go to places that don't want people knowing they go there. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Like there are people yeah. who put unfiltered on their wines and they get cross flow filtered. Like that's a thing that happens. And it's, yeah. you know, I don't give a shit. It's just marketing. Like that that's the annoying thing about like, I prefer natural wines where like, I, you know, I love having natural wines from producers where one of the wines is like pretty weird and funky, but then another wine is like really, really good because then you go like, oh, no, this mm-hmm. person probably like means what they say about how they're doing things because they just made a wine yeah. and they're like, oh, this is what it is. And like, I have to sell it because like it is what it is. And then there's this <laughs> other one that you're like, yeah. oh, wow, that really worked out for them. But like, that's not going to happen mm-hmm. every year. That's not going to happen every like wine every year. It's, you know. Right. And there's, I don't know, it's it's so tough because it just all depends on like it's all about who you can sell stuff to and how much people know and like what um what people care about and how sensitive people are to different things because mm-hmm. you know it's yeah I don't know, it's it's just yeah it's just that you know it's that same thing right of like my comfort zone includes going to like a natural wine bar and trying a bunch of stuff i, I know that i'm gonna like not love anything but it's like yeah this is interesting and then you occasionally have a wine that you're like oh wow that's really cool like this this held together really well like you know maybe it's just like like natural it's just one of those things is like you you know what it you know what it's like took me long enough fuck it hit me you know what natural wines like natural wines like anarchism as a political ideology it's a great (laughs) fucking idea yeah no one's actually doing it and if you are doing it, you're doing it in the context of so many, like to be doing it, you have to have so much privilege and you have to be underwritten by so many structures that protect you from whatever else is going on in the world that's like not exactly what you want to be doing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not real. It Like, it's just, it's not real, but it is a nice thought. And I respect the drive and the urge behind that thought that people have, but... I also lament the break from reality necessary to assert that you're saying something about how things can or should work in the world as a whole, because that's just not 
that it's it's just not an option yet. It's just not a thing. Like you know, people talking about how natural wine is like though what wine should be or the way forward. It's like I've got I've got fucking I don't even know how many millions of cases of barefoot Moscato that tell you you have no fucking clue what people actually want to drink. <laughs> and yeah, you know, to like people who want to be. Uh, you know, who want to live as anarchists, it's like, yeah, I, you know, I do too, but I've got, you know, I've, I've got, I don't even know what the right example is there. It's just like, yeah, I've got a tiny island off. It's not tiny. I've got an island off the coast of 90 miles off the coast of Florida where people are actually like (laughs) trying to hold together a project of like, um, non-alienated labor and, uh, communal like effort and, um, they're uh you know they're you're not you, you know if you're a, if you're a dyed in the wool anarchist you're probably not that happy with cuba in a lot of ways but they've as a like space within which an actual like project towards that reality has been like played out and i'm sure that it's like I, you know someone i'm no one no one who has those opinions is like listening to that like anyone listening to this would be like why is he so like concerned that anarchists would like argue with any of that but like you know it's like anarchists being like oh intellectual property is like not real or like theft or whatever it's like yeah but like if you're an artist you still should copyright your shit because you might believe in all that stuff but someone else will come along and steal it from you and then make a bum a bunch of money on it and if you try to like reclaim it they'll sue you into oblivion because like what are you gonna do like you fucked and the same way it's like I don't know the, the you yeah the the difference is the the difference is like anarchists are on the having no hope and no power and terrible marketing side of all of that whereas like natural winemakers are on the uh it's like in the context where there's no actual like um stakes to it and no valence to like changing people's like thought or um real political behavior in the world as long as people are still propagandized then then it's fine to take the like organic hippie bullshit natural wine like side of things it's why the ewoks in return of the jedi like george uh, lucas can say oh yeah they're based on the Viet Cong and they're the good guys and nobody's like mad at that because it's like yeah i mean it's star wars it's not like that's actually going to make people sympathetic to the Viet Cong, even if it should i don't know <laughs> yeah uh, that isn't like oof <sighs> don't know how i got to that one buddy yeah. um fuck <laughs> I just apparently just let the Ewoks you go. are based on the Viet Cong. And like I'm not saying the Viet Cong are like the nicest people in history, but like they're certainly more sympathetic than the fucking uh the fucking invading United States in that than context. The Ewoks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean no, like the Viet Cong obviously like more sympathetic than the Ewoks. I mean, those, are, those are just like <laughs> shitty teddy bears. Fuck them. Yeah. Yeah, fuck Ewoks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean that. They're adorable. Yeah. They fucking like it's when they yeah, yeah, sm- cute. smash the like weird walker thing with like two two uh <laughs> two tree trunks from either side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, buddy. The little noises they make. The little mm-hmm. guy crawling up, seeing his friend is dead. They're like, Aah. break your heart every time. <laughs> Fuck. Every time. Yeah. You know what else breaks our heart every time? When we check and somebody hasn't signed up for our Patreon. Yeah. So every time you don't sign ahead. up for our Patreon, an Ewok finds its dead friend. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. So just just try to sleep at night thinking about that. Yeah, take that. Because if you're listening to this and you aren't giving us two dollars a month, what the fuck is the matter with you? Yeah. Also, you should be ashamed of yourself. If you're listening to this, answer me a question. When you first watched the Star Wars movies, did you just assume that like 
like that Chewbacca was also from the planet that the Ewoks were on, but they just happened to be like a weird pygmy tribe of Wookiees. Hmm. It's a good point. I mean, not weird, but you know, just like, you know, like how there's that island that was like Sumatra or near Sumatra where there mm-hmm. were like people that were like being described as hobbits because they were like humans, but they were like three feet tall or they were like a relative of humans, but like three feet tall, four feet tall. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. We hadn't seen where Chewbacca was from by that point in Star Wars. We didn't know about the like planet that all the Wookiees were from. That was later in this, but before in the yeah. fucking Clone Hadn't Wars movie, Attack of the Clones. It's like when that movie came out, you see this big hairy guy walking around being like, well, he's basically Sasquatch. And then you go to a planet with a bunch of tiny Sasquatches and it's like, oh, well, like, is there some connection here? And then it just turns out, nah, nah, it's just like. Nice. Yeah. I guess there'd been the it's Christmas different. special. I don't remember when that came out. Dude, I've seen like, I saw the, was it four, five, and six? And I saw one. And I've seen all of those like once. And that was, damn man, like 15 years ago at best. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like probably closer to 20. Yeah. And uh, I can't tell you much about Star Wars. If I'm going to be completely honest with you. That is probably for the best. <laughs> you, it's dude. If stuff, no that judgment just, like, passed. It's just something I don't know about. Yeah, no, I was really into it as a kid. In the but like the normal amount, right? You know, like yeah, I, I don't know, man. When you're a kid, like pretty much, like you can kind of justify like any level of interest on things yeah. to a certain. I mean, not any, but like much more than when you're an adult because you just like when you're a kid you just like don't know how to be a person you just like Mm -hmm. don't know what anything is so you're like wow i love fucking i love wookies they're so fucking cool i want to be one for halloween 10 years in a row yeah and then i want to have wookie bed sheets and i want to have wookie action figures and i want to wear wookie underwear and i want a wookie to touch my penis (laughs) in my pants Mm -hmm. that are also wookie themed I want to get a little Wookiee glove that I can put in my in my pants under my underwear. So I think we got to cut this one off. Hand buddy. can be touching my pants. Pe- All right. All right. Uh, everybody <laughs> sign up for Patreon.com slash CorkTaint. Give us your money. Please, thank you for listening. Um, tell your friends. And uh, and if you've been molested by a Wookiee, please get help. They're big and they then, rip uh, your arms off. But not from us, because... Yeah, you know, we don't know how to help you with that. We're not... I, I don't know. Those guys are scary, yeah. I think. They're supposed to be big, right? Yeah. I don't know. If it's an Ewok, we can me? maybe help you. But if it's like a whole forest yeah. full of Ewoks, I mean... Probably not. The Empire couldn't handle them, so obviously we can't. That's sort of like systemic... There you go. Systemic... Uh, it's like the, the... That's like the state trying to like crack down on pedophilia. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know... Yeah, good luck. But not really, because like they're, those are actually like opposing forces... And so often, like, (laughs) anyhow. (laughs) All right, folks, have a good night. (laughs) All right.